You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss the current state of the U.S. economy and how current economic conditions might affect the outdoor industry. How might consumer debt be tied to GDP growth? How does the current unemployment rate and recent wage growth affect consumer spending? And how does all of this affect our expectations for the 2023 holiday shopping season? Let's get into it. Tarpon is the sponge capital of the world. A cousin of my wife's has a place there, and so we get to stay for free. It's it's like where divers would gather natural sponges and then like create the sponge market and and there's this whole supply chain of sponges and everything. If you're if you're near Tampa, swing through Tarpon and just like just take it all in for a second. The high school mascot, which is this huge statue, is a sponge. It's it's a diver with like a sponge. Sponge museums, every storefront is selling like big natural, like loofah-like sponges. Yeah, great Greek food and lots of sponges. It's a funny mix. If you just lean in, it's fun. <laughs> so we're not talking about sponges today, unfortunately. We'll save that for another podcast. Oh, we did. <laughs> Let's talk. Well, we're not going to do a deep dive on sponges, pun intended. Thank you. Such a pun. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the market and everything that is happening. There is a lot going on. You said, Kelly, you were excited to talk about GDP. Yep. Yeah, you take it away. You hit it. The report on GDP came out today, It's and it's astounding. It was, I think, off the top of my head, 4.9. Is that what you recall, Patrick? The quarter was eight and a half. Holy gee, many Christmas. Yeah. Which is I, the highest since the highest year of a year since the end of 21. Yeah. Um, wow. I don't even know what to say. I mean, the Fed has spent the past, what, two years trying to cool the economy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just about. I, th- I think it was like really early 22. So like almost two years now that we're nearing the end of 23. Yep. And by all accounts, the fact that they only have a hammer and one to their one tool <laughs> interest rates, the fact that, you know, our economy, considering the rest of the developed world post COVID is on fire uh, yeah. in terms of, the, I mean, our job market is continues to be um, really too healthy for a lot of capitalists. And I mean, yeah, we're still at 3.8, which and, is not, I mean, it's near the lowest, but it's not the lowest. No, I mean, 3% GDP growth is good. I mean, what we're seeing right now is astounding. And it, what, what really surprises me is that it appears to be driven by consumer spending at a time when everybody's sort of still questioning. And some people have not jumped off that we're going to have a recession train. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, we saw we saw a bit of a dip in consumer spending. But right now, consumer spending is amping up our economy. And it's a, we're in very interesting waters. And you're you're the economist here. What I'm seeing is a lot of variables that don't make. I mean, it's great. I love it, but the variables don't make sense to a certain extent. <laughs> I would like your opinion on if consumer spending is driving uh, this enormous growth in our economy, and our economy is doing better than just about any economy in the developed world. What is going on and how do we re- how do we keep doing it? How do we repeat this? I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. First, let me correct myself. You were right. Real GDP is 4.9. I had nominal. 
current dollar GDP at that higher eight and a half, but still 4.9, huge and, and highest we've seen since the end of 21. That's what I get for like jotting down these notes super quick before we get on and we record. So how do we do it? I saw a news story this morning about credit card debt reaching, let's see, last year alone, I think it was, let me get back to my notes. American consumers rang up $105 billion in credit card debt last year alone. So that'd be 22. Yeah, we'll just um, refi our houses. Come in, come on. We'll just refi our houses. We'll check it. What, what fucking interest rate are you going to? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you I don't know, know if you're getting I'm an American. I'm just going to refi. That's that's my yeah. answer for everything. Well, so, so the companion story is that interest rates on credit cards for consumers is at an all-time high because we just keep spending and we keep spending. And it's great fueling this economy. And, and we love buying things and this sort of like, we'll have another uh, episode on trends from the pandemic that have stuck around. But one of those trends is like indulging ourselves and, and purchasing non-essential luxury goods, dining out or, or dining in via uh, DoorDash and food delivery, Uber Eats and all this stuff. That I think is, is propping up a lot of this. I agree. Yeah. Judging from not yeah. my neighborhood, though, I'm pretty sure that the 12 foot high skeleton from um, Home Depot, Skelly, is driving the economy. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I see a lot of Skellies on the drive out to pick up my my daughter for my in-laws. It's it's a 20 minute drive. There's four Skellies. Well, thinking about very like, spooky. Weird, like weird economic indicators. Yeah. You know, home decorations are one of mine. Like I walk around and my neighborhood decorates. We do not mess around. Yeah. <laughs> this year, this year, Halloween, crazy on fire. Huge, huge effort put into decoration. I assume Christmas is going to be the same way. I bet you that I could po- I could correlate home decorations in my neighborhood with the economic condition in my community almost perfectly. I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing I'm seeing um, people that that aren't afraid to spend. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of the job market remains healthy. They're For feeling sure. confident. I mean, if I get fired tomorrow, I could probably find another job within a couple of weeks. I don't know, not as cool, but I could still find another <laughs> job. And I think, and, and so yeah, that that relieves some of my economic angst. Like I'm not, I'm not feeling like, oh crap, you know, we're all hanging by a string here. Although I yeah. think, I honestly think we are all hanging from a string, whether whether or not we know it or not. Or I think, that's yeah. Why why focus on that though? Let's focus on scales, and we can focus on. Uh, <laughs> Holiday shopping, which is going to kick off as soon as we we wrap Halloween here in a few days. Wages grew five percent in September, and, is and that, unemployment that's year is still over year, right. That's yeah, year yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still mm-hmm. yep. okay. All right. Yep. So, so there's lots of money. That's there's that's helpful. lots of jobs. Yeah, I'm just mad because um, my wages didn't increase five percent. Right <laughs> um, so that's how the market works. I kind of wonder, deal. I mean, considering that I'm, th- I'm my theory so far as stated mm-hmm. and very simplistically is people are people are not afraid to spend because the job yeah. market is healthy, basically, yeah. in a nutshell. You're saying that, you know, everything's pretty good. But when things are good, Americans rack up an insane amount of debt, as we have, as you stated. And right now, interest rates on on credit debt are are as high as they've ever been. Are you on the, we're probably still headed for disaster because of all of this train or, I mean, what happens now? I don't think disaster. You, you mentioned the variables not making sense, but I think like the equation might've changed a little bit. And, and some of our like base assumptions about what drives the economy 
are being challenged right now, you know? And the Fed's seen this too. That's why the Fed is sort of like let go a little bit from this like hiking up of interest rates to try and rein inflation in because it's not working the way it used to work. And so why keep assuming that the economy will be driven by the same variables that it was driven by 20, 40, 60 years ago? I, I don't think we're headed towards disaster, but I, I do think we're headed towards like maybe uncertainty. I'm uncertain about what, what happens next because we haven't seen this before. Right. I'm uncertain too. And um, that's and what keeps us employed, which is great. <laughs> I, you know, if I, my three favorite words, I don't know, they've kept me employed for many, many years. Yeah. yeah it's, it is really interesting. I am, and, and I'm seeing, you know, no slowdown in spending, you know, heading into the holiday season, which is great news. Oh, for sure. For and, you know, in that, in a future episode, when we do talk about what's sticky, I'm going to talk about why that's super helpful that more people are getting outdoors. And, you know, this is a, this is a great time to sort of sell the experience of outdoor to people that are, are ready to open their wallets for their friends and family. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. I like that. And I don't care if they go into debt. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they care either. Apparently not. I personally, I try and stay credit card debt free because I learned my lesson in my thirties, basically. And yeah, yes, I, I did. I did refi. I did refi to deal mm. with that. Still paying that loan yeah. off. But yeah, it's it's it is it is it's going to be very very interesting going forward to figure out, you know, what the what the variables in the new equation are. You know, it's it's basically a giant derivative, and so our levers yeah. have changed a little bit. And we just, I think, we just need to do some some exploration into the current situation to to figure it out. And I think, do you think, and I'm going to tell you, I think there are economists that that are still are saying this is a pandemic effect. This continues to be a pandemic effect. And eventually, eventually we'll spin out and the variables in the equation will all be normal again. Um, I'm not sure that's true. And I think I have a lot of reason behind not thinking that that's going to happen. I don't think we go back to what we were before. I don't think yeah. the workforce goes back to what it was before. I don't. No. I, don't I don't. I don't think um, our patterns of spending go back to what they were before. I don't think our patterns of behavior go back to what they were before. So, it, I. But I do think think that there's a that there's a cohort of economists that are sort of you know just hoping that things go back to normal, um, <laughs> whatever whatever they think that normal might have been. Do you think yeah. that that's the case? Do we need some innovative thinking in economics? Yes, yes. And let me first make the terrible joke that normal is just a setting on a dishwasher. That that normal is really like what what even is normal? But um yeah, absolutely. I I, I agree with everything you said that our, our spending patterns have changed, our behaviors have changed, our preferences have changed, and I don't see that changing back. And let's just go ahead and say now that our next episode should be like stickiness of, of trends that we've seen emerge right because i think that we've got a lot of um a, a, a lot of like loose ends that we can tie up in, in that next episode but um i no I, I think it's really hard to like turn that ship once we've been going in a direction for a while and, and we have new patterns of spending and we have new channels that have emerged and we have new preferences and, and new currencies um I, I don't think it reverts back to some simple normalcy of, um, you know, like the, the post-war economy of the 1950s. I don't think we ever go back to just hardcore materialism without question. And I, one of the reasons I think that is because I'm seeing different patterns among Gen Z and Gen Alpha, particularly. Yeah. 
And I mean, the millennials have most of the spending power now, along with their boomer, their boomer parents and grandparents. Um, but the the sort of bent towards things like sustainability and corporate values is is very strong yeah. among those generations. And I and I've done some thinking about this, and I thought, okay, after Citizens United happened, and corporations were were deemed to be basically people with the same rights as as a person, it was it, it since then, you know. Consumers have rightfully demanded that that those same corporations that are acting as people and and using their money as people and as free speech um, have to have the you know values and and ethics that match the consumers' values and ethics. And those two generations oh, yeah. seem, seem to be paying a lot more attention. It's not just tacit attention. I mean, I think sure. older generations, including including mine. Um, have have said yeah we care about that and then we have not spent <laughs> indicates that we give a shit about that at all so it's i think that 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 just that alone can create um different patterns in the marketplace and different economic patterns uh so it's you know it's not just searching for the cheapest you know the best cheapest you know somewhere in that intersection good that yeah. you can possibly buy and to get as much stuff as you possibly can because that's what life is about man i gotta have more stuff i gotta have a bigger I stuff i gotta stuff. have more stuff than my neighbor i think that the, that the pandemic may have may have baked some of that out of us and we'll see but this is why i watch um the younger generations and and look at how their patterns are 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 working to to try and figure out what the future looks like. You know, if you want to think 10 years in the future, look at a 20 year old. <laughs> Seriously, I think about that. what they're no, doing. No, I, I couldn't agree more with, with the the studying of, of the 20 to 30 demographic or maybe even 19 to 24. I, I don't I don't know if I agree with the materialism, though, because, you know, if we look at some recent trends like air fryers like air fryers had a huge bump during the pandemic 2020 early 21 everyone's looking for air fryers um because it was a an interesting new thing to buy that wasn't dramatically different from anything else we had in our home but it was a a fixture in a lot of kitchens because it was this exciting new way did, to did sort you, of like repeat i don't have an air fryer i was gonna say you obviously don't have an air fryer it is like changing hell yeah i have an air fryer I use it every day, man. I'm serious too. I use that thing every day. It is well, it, so help help me reconcile. It's a game trends. Changer. Yeah. Okay, but help me reconcile uh <laughs> your suggestion that I don't think we're just buying stuff and buying stuff. And look at this air fryer. We everyone needs air fryers right now. The whole US needs air the whole US minus Patrick's household needs an air fryer right now. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't disagree with you um necessarily, but the days of of thinking that if you had a BMW parked in your driveway, you were the coolest kid on the block. Those days are over. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you there. I'm with and, you. I mean, the days of of just you know buying stuff to show off to your friends. Those days are over. You know, you know, you can't show you can't show off your stuff. You can show off a house, maybe. But yeah, I think that level of materialism might be dead on younger generations because they, you know, at this point. A lot of them don't have hope of owning a home. A lot of them are facing thousand. Yeah. They're trying to normalize a thousand dollar car payment. I mean, come on, getting a five percent bump in yeah. your wages year over year is not going to make up for the fact that everything costs, you know, basically seventeen percent more than it did. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, so just to go back to some of like the, the hard and fast numbers, inflation in September was at like two fifths of a percent. I think it was at 0.4. Yeah. But most of that was driven by um, housing, was driven by shelter, like, which is so like critical for us to understand as an industry, as an outdoor industry that is um, falling below that spending on housing, rent or mortgage payments or whatever. The remainder gets spent on all of these goods, like, bicycles and ski gear and hiking equipment, all this stuff that has a significant effect on our expectations for the future. If, if all of a sudden the, the percentage of that budget that we're lobbying for is shrinking. And, and we've seen through our work with S and P global, we do a quarterly global risk and opportunity forecast with them that provides a unit sales forecast for bikes. And in trying to, to figure out which of these variables really affect the sale of bicycles in the U.S. retail market, housing has a significant measurable effect on it, uh, statistically significant effect on it. Yeah, just like you said, it, it's it's hard to picture owning a home when interest rates are like bumping on eight if they've been stuck. I, I bought my house a few years ago. The rate was below three. like it, And that was literally just a few years ago. No at doubt. At the very beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, um, it's... So imagine, you know, the the median price of a home in your community where you grew up is about half a million now, likely. It is in mine. And um, so if I'm if I'm at 25, it's more in yours, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm 25, I've got my first job, uh, you know, I'm making maybe forty thousand a year, I'm just barely getting by. I mean, I'm trying to pay rent. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to to put gas in my in my car. That and I've got a car payment. I've got student loans. So yeah, we've got a for for that age group. You know, the accessible activities. You know, th- stuff you just need shoes for basically are 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 great. And you know, frankly, when we when we talk about stickiness, that's one place that we're seeing our participants stick around and you know continue to want that experience. So. The, the idea is not to sell stuff, it's to sell that experience. I, yeah, yeah. Yes. Here's a tent. And if you buy this tent, we don't want, we're not going to sell you on the features of the tent necessarily. We're going to sell you on how awesome it's going to be to be able to go camping. Yes. Period. I'm totally with you. I, I think there's a huge opportunity for bike here too, because we know that let's, let's say about a third of the U.S. population over the age of three rode a bike at least once in 22 we know that half of U.S. households have a bicycle at home, right? So that means there are bikes that aren't being used. So just like being able to walk out the door with your with your sturdy shoes and, and be able to go on like an easy hike, at the very least, you can, you can go on some sort of hike. There's a lot of folks with access to the equipment necessary to do a bike ride that just haven't put air in the tires in a few years. And, and um, but but they have the equipment, they have the means to participate in that activity too. So yeah, selling that experience, like you said, is, is key. Like, why don't you go outside? Why don't you try this activity that you once really loved and that's why you have this bike, right? Let's let's focus on that and not the fact that the house market is so wild right now and you may be renting forever. Yeah, just, I mean, understanding your target audience, um, you know, for the young people, I mean, we're, we're clearly spending, right? As consumers yeah, right sure. now, we are clearly spending. So- you know, if even though you know there may be some hard times ahead for those people that took on too much personal debt, um, and f- young people are are racked with all kinds of debt and expenses that that makes their their wallet a little bit thin. The idea of selling an experience, whether it's a, whether it's a bike, so you buy a bike, 
that's experiences for three years, right? That you're basically buying three years worth of experience. It's a matter of how you frame this for a consumer that wants to spend, you know, is in the mood to spend um, and, you know, doesn't necessarily want just some crap. They, they're looking for something yeah. that's meaningful and, and can provide them with, you know, maybe even long-term access to something like mountain biking or gravel biking or, you know, hiking for, for God's sakes. It's, and that's an amazing thing to be able to sell, especially when the consumer's in the mood. Yeah. Yeah. Really powerful thinking about that and a healthy economy heading into the holiday season. This is the best possible circumstance. I think we should do another episode on like the holiday shopping outlook. I think we did one last year. Yeah. It was our expectations. Well, you know, it was right. I think we did it right before Black Friday. So we've got that coming up. It's amazing how fast this year went. Can you believe how fast this year went? Oh, my God. It's Thanksgiving. No, I cannot. It's yeah. Uh, Zipped by. I don't know. Let's let's do another. I think we should. And in the meantime, now I've got to figure out whether or not I'm going to spatchcock my turkey this year. (laughs) (laughs) What a cliffhanger. Will (laughs) Kelly spatchcock her turkey? Spatchcock or not spatchcock? (laughs) Tune in next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.